0: This is the Empowered Jewish Living Podcast, where we explore the beauty of Judaism, the depth of Jewish wisdom, and how to live a more empowered life. Shalom, friends. Welcome back, Empowered Jewish Living Podcast. So happy that you're here with us today for a fascinating, fascinating discussion. This is Energy of the Jewish Months Part 5. We're coming up. On the month of Nisan, actually, by the time you'll be listening to this, it probably is already the Jewish month of Nisan. And it's a really awesome, incredible month. Pesach, Passover is on the horizon. And there's so much, so much to delve into with this fascinating month. It's been a while since we've discussed the Jewish months because since it was a Jewish leap year, we had a double month of Adar. So it's been a while since we've uh, had this sort of chat, and I'm excited to jump in together with you to discuss the month of Nisan. If you haven't listened to the previous uh, classes that we've posted in the beginning of each of the Jewish months, our goal is to tap into the energy of the Jewish month by looking at many, many different aspects of the month, such as the name of the month, the tribe that's connected to the month, the astrological sign of the month, but mainly the Torah occurrences of the month to try to unpack all of this, weave it together and tap in and wake ourselves up to what we can really accomplish during this month. And this is the month of Nissan, right? Passover, there's so much, so much new potential, and it's a fascinating month. So let's uh, let's start to explore some of the different parts of what's coming up. Let's see, because there's a couple of confusing things. So prepare yourself. I hope you're listening to this and you're in a calm space and you can kind of open up your mind to some interesting ideas. Because it's going to be a little bit confusing at first, but hopefully we'll be able to make Seder. (laughs) A little little play on words over there because we're having a Passover Seder coming up. Seder means order. So we take confusing things and we turn it into Seder. We turn it into order. Um, A couple of things just to... Open up the conversation about the month of Nisan. The the month of Nisan corresponds to the tribe of Yehuda. Yehuda was, of course, the fourth son of Yaakov and Leah. The name Yehuda uh, means to be thankful. Hapam Ode Es Hashem. When Leah had Yehuda after her first three children, Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. All of those three sons, their names reflect a lot of the pain that Leah was going through. Remember that Leah and Yaakov had a bumpy ride at first. Uh, and Yehuda, the fourth son, Leah has this expression, "Hapam I will thank Hashem. So Yehuda uh, means to thank, it means to praise, uh, to be modem means to admit, to admit that you're wrong. We know that a large part of, Ye- of, of Yehuda's life story <clears throat> was about him. Rethinking his ways, looking back at mistakes that he made and, and and stepping up and taking responsibility. Yehuda was the ultimate leader of the of the of the other sons of Yaakov. And eventually it's from Yehuda that the other kings of the Jewish people came. <clears throat> so Yehuda is the tribe of the month of Nisan. It is the zodiac sign of Ares. Aries is the lamb. And of course, that is very much connected to the fact that on Pesach, the Jewish people brought a lamb as a carbon Pesach. And Aries is kind of interesting because it isn't just kind of like the regular little sheepish lamb that you're thinking about. But when we think about an Aries, we think about like the the ram, like the kind of the the head of the pack, you know, the charging ram. So on the one hand, you have... The Aries being part of the kind of lamb-sheep family. So there is a certain softness that it implies, but also kind of the head of the pack. And that's in a sense very much connected to Yehuda. The same way that you see that Yehuda was the leader of the sons of Yaakov, but his emergence as a as the leader came through humility, admitting that he was wrong, making mistakes. So you have that similarity to Aries as being uh, the head of, you know, sheep typically are um, in, in a flock. They go together with their flocks. And you, you have this vision of the head of the flock as somewhat being subservient, realizing that they are part of the flock. They are following the shepherd. So not... Not too much ego over there, but yet the ability to sort of rise above the pack, rise above the flock. So that is how Ari somewhat connects with the tribe of Yehuda. Let's talk a little bit about the month of Nisan and what makes it such an interesting month. Shortly before the Jewish people, or I guess you would call them the Israelites who were enslaved in Egypt, Shortly before they're going to leave, we're now pretty much most of the way through the plagues, but the Jewish people have not, the Egyptians have not yet experienced the final plague, the plague of the firstborn. But we know, right? We know the Jewish people, the Israelites, they're aware, they're gearing up. They know, you know, kind of the big game is coming, the big face-off is coming. And God speaks to Moshe, to Moses, and he's communicating with him that, you know, it's it's Hegias Man, as they say in Hebrew, the time has come, and the Jewish people are going to be leaving, but there's gonna be another the home run of all plagues, plague of the firstborn, it's gonna come. And on that night, it's going to be necessary to bring the special sacrifice, the paschal offering, the paschal lamb. The Korban Pesach, this is the sacrifice that even our modern-day Passover seders are connected to, right? This is the Paschal Lamb that was brought in that night that kicked off the mitzvah of having a seder. We don't, we don't have offerings today, so we still do the matzah, the Torah commandment, the bitter herbs, the maror. We do in, in more of a rabbinic capacity nowadays because we don't have uh, the Paschal Lamb, which it was directly connected to. But this was the first one, this is going to be the very first Passover Seder, and it's going to be happening just as the firstborns, just as they're they're dying, they're having their plague, the Jewish people are going to have blood on their doorposts, the blood that came from the Paschal offering, the lamb that, uh, that they brought as an offering, and they're going to be participating in this festive meal, eating from the sacrifice, eating the matzah, eating bitter herbs, and celebrating their their impending freedom, and they had to actually designate the carbon pesach, the paschal offering. They had to designate it two weeks earlier. Okay, so over here, God is about to. Uh, Communicate that message to Moshe. And God is going to tell him right before that a very interesting introduction. God says, I'm quoting here the verse Hashem says to Moshe and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This is by the way in the book of Exodus, chapter 12, this month shall be for you the beginning of the months. It shall be for you the first of the months of the year. So pretty much as we're entering, Remember, this is entering into the month of Nisan, right? We're two weeks before Passover. So God tells Moshe and and Aaron, this upcoming month, this is going to be the first of the months. And by the way connected to this verse is the mitzvah to sanctify the new moon a practice that was done in temple times where they established the calendar not just because there was kind of a set calendar but based on looking up at the new moon seeing the birth of the new moon remember the moon waxes and wanes so by the end of the month it's gone and by the beginning of the month it's just making a slight reappearance two witnesses see it they go to Bastin, They go to the court, and bada bing, bada boom. They they say they sanctify the new month, and that is the way the new month is to come about. Since we don't have a temple anymore, the system changed. Before the destruction of the second temple, they they pre-sanctified all of the upcoming months, so we could have a set calendar. But that is the way that the calendar is established, and that is also why we have. Kind of a mini holiday in the beginning of every single month called Rosh Chodesh, the beginning of the month. But either way, right? So all of that is kind of, you know, built into these verses. But for for what we want to discuss right now in our discussion is how God refers to the month of Nisan as Hachodesh HaZed, this month will be for you Rosh Chodeshim, the beginning of the months. Now, that is something that's very, very confusing to all of us. Because we know that Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, is not going to be right around this time, two weeks before Passover. But it's going to be later on in the month of Tishrei. It usually falls out right around September time. And if you compare it to the secular calendar, right? January 1st is New Year's because January is the first month of the year. So it's kind of unusual that over here we have the first... Of the Jewish months is the month of Nisan, but Rosh Hashanah is in the month of Tishrei, which is going to be in a half a year from now. How does that work? So something that's very unusual. And in the Mishnah, the rabbis, our sages, they discuss that they're actually different. Rosh Hashanahs for different laws. And there are certain laws that are relevant later on to the Rosh Hashanah that we celebrate. And the Rosh Hashanah of the month of Nisan, viewing Nisan as a Rosh Hashanah in itself, is for certain laws, such as the beginning of the cycle of a new king. Back in the times of our sages, when they would write documents, when they would write contracts, uh, they would put the date which would be relevant to how many years the king had been in power. And the new cycle, the new year as far as when the king uh, was, how to establish his kingship, the new cycle, the new year of kingship would always begin with the month of Nisan. Nisan is the beginning of the ho- of the cycle of holidays. So therefore, Pesach is considered, the, for Passover, is considered the first of the three festivals. And that had different laws that were relevant to that. So there are actually different times of the year that are considered Rosh Hashanah. And Nisan is one of them, that's this month, and Tishrei is going to be another. But still, we wonder as to why our celebration of Rosh Hashanah, what we celebrate as being the new year, why would we do that later on in the month of Tishrei, why would we not do that now in the month of Nisan if this is in fact the first month? Now, were I to ask you, dear friend, why do you think we celebrate Rosh Hashanah in Tishrei? Look at the liturgy, look at the prayers, think about what you know about the day. Why do we celebrate Rosh Hashanah in Tishrei when we do? chances are you would say well that's because Rosh Hashanah is the birthday of the world and therefore the world was created on that date the the world was created in the month of Tishrei hence we celebrate Rosh Hashanah because there's a new year this is kind of the birthday of the world and in fact you would pull from the liturgy of Rosh Hashanah, and you would say, hey, I'll, I'll bring you proof, Buxbaum," and that is because we actually say in Rosh Hashanah prayers, we say, Hayom Haras Olam, which may be translated as, today is the birthday of the world, happy birthday. So it's a very appropriate time to be celebrating Rosh Hashanah. Well, that's actually not so simple. Let me read to you, or I'll, I won't read it to you, but I'll, I'll tell you what an interesting debate in that our sages have in Tractate Rosh Hashanah. There is a debate between Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yehoshua. And Rabbi Eliezer says that the world was created in Tishrei. That's exactly what, what you were just saying, right? That Rosh Hashanah is in Tishrei because that's when the world was created. However comes along Rabbi Yehoshua, and Rabbi Yehoshua says, nope, not quite. Actually, the world was created in, drumroll please, the month of Nisan. And in fact, the Talmud comes out saying that we rule according to Rabbi Yehoshua, that the world was created in the month of Nisan. So now already, we're kind of a little bit more confused, because the Torah says... The first month is Nisan. Rabbi Yehoshua says that the world was created in the month of Nisan. Now, by the way, it's a very interesting uh, debate to have. You know, where are they coming from? What's the deeper meaning behind it? And and that's really where we're going over here. And we're going to talk about that. and We're going to really try to, to unpack what is the deeper meaning behind their discussion? What are they discussing? What are they talking about? But at least on on, on face value, now we have every single right to be very confused. Because if Nisan is the first month and we rule according to Rabbi Yehoshua that the world was created in the month of Nisan, what in the world is going on in the month of Tishrei? And why do we do Rosh Hashanah there? Clearly, this should be the first month. However, the plot thickens because... The commentaries later on, also in Tractate Rosh Hashanah, page 27, are are the commentaries say something very interesting. They say, by the way, remember that debate between Rabbi Eliezer when he said that the world was created in the month of Tishrei and Rabbi Yeshua said that the world was created in the month of Nisan? You should know! They're actually not arguing at all. They're focusing on different aspects of creation it says that rabbi eliezer who said that the world was created in tishrei he was actually referring to the conception of the world when god decided in god's quote-unquote so to speak mind to create the world that happened in the month of tishrei but when god actually created the world that happened in the month of nisan fascinating 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 so now we have that in the month of tishrei that when we actually celebrate rosh hashanah that was actually according to the commentaries that was actually not the actual creation of the world but where the world was created conceptually in god's so to speak mind But in the month of Nisan, which is going to be seven months after that, that was actually the birth of the world. That's actually when the world came in to fruition. That happened in the month of Nisan. And therefore, what you mentioned before when you said Buxbaum, I'm pulling from the liturgy. It says, Hayom Haras Olam. In in the Rosh Hashanah uh, prayers, it says, this is the world's birthday. Actually, Hayom Haras Olam. Haras is from the, the language of Harayon, which means pregnancy, to become pregnant. So therefore, one could say that actually, the world went through different stages. The creation went through different stages. There was the conception, which happened in the month of Tishrei, we went through a time of development, a time when when the world is, so to speak, in utero. And then the actual birth of the world happens in the month of Nisan. Very, very fascinating. This, by the way, is not the only time that our sages refer to creation as a two-part process. Rashi, the commentary of Rashi in the beginning of the Torah actually points out that there was, the, there was a, a two-step, two-stage process in the development, the conceptual development of how God should run the world. It says that God originally thought, again, in God's mind and conception, bimachshava, God thought to create the world with strict justice. Remember that God has different channels, different modes of how divine energy. Pulsates into the world. There is what's called Din. Din is strict justice, discipline, and that means that God rules the world like a like a very strict parent who says, "Hey, buddy, there's rules, and you got to stick to them. Otherwise, there's going to be consequences." And that is sort of one way that God expresses Himself into the world. And then there's also a more compassionate side, and that is, let's take time. Let's give people a chance to repent. Let's try to guide people the right way. Let's try to give, even when giving really is undeserving. So the the so Rashi early on in the Torah says that actually those two uh, expressions of God's divine flow also manifested themselves in two different stages. Whereas strict justice or din, that was the original uh plan the original idea the original concept of creation that was بمحشava, that was in thought but in practical and actuality when god created the world it was through through compassion using the tool using the attribute of compassion and therefore on the one hand we have again two stages as far as time is concerned There is the conception of the world in Tishrei and the birth of the world in Nisan. And then you have a different place where it also has two different aspects of it. One being the strict justice, being the Din, that being the the original concept of creation. And then later on, the actual creation of the world, which was with compassion. So, so far, very interesting. I hope that you're not confused yet, but at least what we're seeing developing over here is we're seeing sort of creation as having these two different pages, these two different stages, um, both in terms of the attributes that are being used, as well as the time frame of being a two-stage process. Now, I, I guess on the one hand, you could already say, okay, it seems like we've already answered the question, you know. We're celebrating Rosh Hashanah in the beginning of the conception of the world, even though in actuality the world didn't uh, didn't you know come into play until the month of Nissan, um, because we're celebrating Rosh Hashanah in the beginning of that conception process. But I, I think that there's a little bit more to say over here, and I think that we can go a little bit deeper to really try to understand uh, much more of a practical and relevant message that's being communicated to us through all of these esoteric ideas. If we're to take a look at how the year is divided, uh, both in terms of just how the world operates and also how our Jewish calendar operates, we see something very interesting. All of the holidays that we have are pretty much packed into the seven-month period that begins in the beginning of the month of Nisan and goes straight through The month of Tishrei, which means that we're beginning now the beautiful spring season, right? The beginning of Nisan, as far as the Torah is concerned, that is called Chodesh Ha'aviv. That is called the month of the spring. And the weather is getting nicer. The days are getting longer. The clocks are changing. The sun is out. And that also means that the agricultural season is beginning, It's a happy time of year. If you've been in a bad mood for the last many months, maybe you've been in a bad mood the last two years because of COVID, right? But even if you've been in a bad mood for the last several months because it's been chilly and it's been snowy and it's been dark, right? Now's the time to start cheering up because it's getting brighter. It's getting warmer. and, And it's also the beginning of the holiday cycle. And the holiday cycle really takes you through. We have... In seven weeks after Passover is going to be Shavuot, the harvest season. And then right after the summer, that's when we have the high holidays. And then Sukkot. And Sukkot is really kind of the the dramatic finale of the holiday season. So you have all of the, the holidays that are really packed into the brighter, the warmer, the happier time of year. And that's not coincidental. You know, we know, first of all, that the Torah was given to the Jewish people. Many of them were farmers in the land of Israel. So because of that, they were very much in tune to what was going on in the land. And and seasons mattered to them very, very much, probably a lot more than it mattered to us. But also, you know, we're all kind of somewhat spiritually in tune, or at least we should be spiritually in tune with the earth, with the world, with the weather. In as much as all of this affects our mood and affects our productivity, it also does reflect our spiritual mood. And therefore, when it's warm, when it's bright, we our hearts are open more. And therefore, when we celebrate these holidays, we could use all of these factors as a way to kind of draw us closer to God. But then after the month of Tishrei, That's when the rainy season starts. We change the clocks, the days get colder, the days get shorter, the days get darker, and and it's a much heavier time. And we go back and forth between those things, right? We go back and forth between those. So, therefore, what it really comes out, if you think about it, is if we're trying to view the calendar like we saw before, that Tishrei, which is the conception of the world. Tishrei is also, it's such an exciting time. It's the grand finale of the holiday season and the summer that preceded it. But it's also the beginning of the dark rainy season. It's sandwiched right in between. So Tishrei is, it gives us an, an, a massive spiritual jolt that is meant to carry us into the dark rainy season. And then through that season, we do struggle spiritually. We struggle emotionally because it is dark and it is cold. And we're going through the the rabbinic holidays that we find during that time. Hanukkah and Purim are both very, the the stories that are behind those days are stories of exile and persecution. So they're the dark days of the winter. And then comes once again the month of Nisan. And now it's coming in the spring. And now we get to, and, and now we start rejoicing. If I were to ask you having these two parts of the year, a darker time of year and a lighter time of year, which one do you think should come first? If there was a part of the year, would you say this is the first part of the year, this is the second part of the year? Would you say we go from light to dark or would you say we go from dark to light? Well, in Judaism, the answer to that is easy because we have that very same question every single day. When God first creates the world, God says, There is evening and there is day. So that means that the Torah establishes, and this is how we practice the Jewish calendar, that actually night comes before day. Now, if I were to ask you, I'd say, hey, uh, let's meet up next Tuesday. Would you think to yourself, hmm, does he mean Monday night or does he mean Tuesday? You'd probably assume I mean Tuesday, because we we are we naturally see the day as the main time of productivity. Yet, from the Torah's perspective, night comes before day. And there's a spiritual reason behind that. And the spiritual reason behind that is because in all of spirituality, spirituality and anything meaningful in life works that way. It's always darkness before light. It's always struggle before success. It's always pain before redemption. We have to fall before we rise, right? We have to struggle within our relationships before we really see the deep beauty. So things always start with a bang. I'm so excited, right? I'm, I've been, I'm taking on new spiritual goals, And then I struggle. I stand under the chuppah, under the wedding canopy with my wife, and she's the most amazing person in the world, and she is the most amazing person in the world, right? But yet, as we enter into a marriage, we have to learn how to deal with each other. We have to learn all of each other's annoying habits and stuff. I'm not saying that about my own marriage. Every relationship, right? There's always darkness before light. So if I were to ask you, if you have two parts of the year, you have the cold, rainy, dark part, you have the light, beautiful, spiritual part, which one should come first? Well, you'd say, well, actually, if we're keeping things consistent spiritually, one would say that actually it should be the dark times coming first, and then the light should come after that. And I think based on that model, we have something that comes out really, really beautiful, There are two stages in creation because there's two stages in spirituality. There's always dark and light. That is the way spirituality works. There's always struggle and success. There's always, oh, I'm, I'm struggling again. I keep on falling. There's always those parts of our mission. And we speak about this so often. There's, there, there, there's the parts of our mission that, ah, oh, they just frustrate me. I just want to do good in this world. I just want to maximize my potential. I just want to be awesome. Why is it so hard? Why there's so many struggles? That's the darkness. That's the dark part of our mission. And then there's also the light, beautiful part of our mission. So this idea of having two stages in creation are meant to reflect those two aspects of our mission. And that's what the commentators mean when they say, okay, originally God wanted to run the world with justice and then it was strict justice. And then God said, no, no, I'm going to run it with compassion. Those are also reflecting those two things because we go through times of din, times of darkness, and then we go through times of compassion. So when over here, when, when, when we mention that the conception of the world was in Tishrei, But the actual birth of the world only came seven months later in the month of Nisan. What we're really saying is that within pregnancy also, if you think about the child in utero, it's just in this very dark place. And, 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 you know, when you think about this so much, you know, quetching going on and cravings and nausea, and that's just me, the father, right? Just think about the mother. You know, it's it's not necessarily the most pleasant time. And then there's the birth of the child. And then the world lights up with this new neshama that enters into the world. So the conception of things is the part where the beauty of the child, the light of the child is hidden inside, hidden underneath. We see it. We know there's something going on, but it's still a dark time. And again, at first, it's very exciting, right? Right when we find out that there's going to be, we, we just conceived there's going to be a new child that's going to come into the world. It's very exciting. But we know that there's going to be, there's going to be a, a, a time of development until we're going to get there. But if we're patient and we, and, and, and we carry through, we're going to get there. And that's exactly the way the year cycle goes. Rosh Hashanah comes in the beginning of Tishrei because that's the boom, that's that exciting moment. We're still pulling from the light of the summer. We're still pulling from that happiness. We're still in a high place, but we're gearing up for the winter. We're gearing up for the winter. Rosh Hashanah is a time, we call it a Yom Hadin, a day of judgment. It's a day that we're trying to infuse the dark times through the blowing of the shofar, through the repentance. We're trying to infuse the dark time ahead with spirituality. And we know over the course of the next month, it's going to be dark, it's going to be rainy, it's going to be hard, but ah, I'm going to fight through it. I'm going to fight through it. Why? Because this is the development stage. This is the pregnancy stage. And then comes Nisan. This is going to be the first of the months. This is actually going to be the birth, that whole development stage you didn't see. The child was forming into something beautiful and now it's going to enter into the world. In the month of Nisan, all of the beauty, there's the potential for those who open themselves up to become a vessel for all of the amazing blessing that can happen in the month of Nisan. This is your time. You know, the word, the Jewish word for month is Chodesh. Chodesh is Chadash. Chadash means new, freshness. This is a time to bring in all of this freshness. Chodesh, this month is Lachem, for you. This is your time. Because now, as we enter into this new season, this is when it's time for the world to light up. This is the mazel tov. This is the time that all of our efforts come to fruition. So now we see the, a beautiful, beautiful model for how to see the Jewish year and why we understand that Rosh Hashanah is in the beginning of Tishrei when the actual birth of the world happened now in the month of Nisan and how that relates to our own to our own spiritual process. And who better to be the tribe to embody this month than the tribe of Yehuda? Because as we said in the beginning, Yehuda is the archetype of the one who struggles and then emerges. He made so many mistakes in his story of developing himself as the leader. Mistakes with Joseph, mistakes with Tamar, other mistakes. And Yehuda is always the one to say, Okay, I got it. I fell, I messed up, and now I'm going to emerge. Yehuda's very name comes from his mother Leah, who went through her own difficulties, and this was the time of emerging. So Yehuda is, of course, the most appropriate symbol of leadership. Aries, the sign, like we said, is the sign of the ram, and the ram is coming. He's emerging as this leader of this flock, right? But has the humility of realizing, no, no I'm still part of the flock. He looks ahead towards the shepherd. He is that sort of humble, fearless leader. That symbol of Yehuda. And of course, the name of the month, Nisan, which comes from the word Nase, or is at least related to the word Nase, which means miracle. And what is a miracle? We say that Nase means miracle, but also what a Nase is. A Nase is like a, a pole, like a, the pole of a flag that you will plant in the ground and you'll say, this is my territory. I conquered this territory. Why? Because a miracle is a way of awakening us to the fact that God is always here. God is always hidden. Sometimes we forget, sometimes we don't notice. What is a nace? what is a miracle? A miracle says, oh, not God is here right now because he just performed a miracle, but oh, God was here the whole time. He was just hidden and now I see him. And that's what's happening during Nisan. During Nisan, we are now awakening to the fact that all of our struggles from the past, and again, if hopefully, you know, if you're in very much in tune with the months, this may be happening to you, textbook maybe you you won't maybe you don't see it right now but certainly i think that if you look if all of us if we look at our lives from a high level place and just the whole ebb and flow of our growth we'll see this that we go through these times and nace the miracle, is when, that, when, 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 when all of that darkness settles and something emerges, the beauty emerges, the, the, the product of all of our struggle emerges, and we realize, oh, this is why I was going through all of that difficulty. This is what it's all about. That is what's represented by the month of Nisan. Ha-Chodesh lachem. This month is your month. This chiddush, this is the time for renewal. This is a time to reawaken ourselves. This is a time to get outside and feel the beautiful weather, feel the sunshine, watch the trees as they bloom, and realize that for us, our whole spiritual growth is so dependent on our ability for hitchad to renew ourselves, to say nothing from my past is going to get me down. I'm ready to start again. I'm ready to move forward. Personally, I've seen so so much growth. For me, the summer is such a bright time. Really, some of the most beautiful times in my life have happened over the course of the summer, really right around the Pesach Shavuot time. I mean, even just as I'm saying this, I'm overwhelmed by thinking of really some of the incredible things that have happened during this time and my blessing is that this year should be no different for you for myself for the jewish people for all of us we need it so badly now it's been such a difficult such a difficult time period i don't even know how far back you want to go but definitely leading up to uh, me sharing these words with you there's so much going on we need it we need his we need a renewal we need we need to 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 refresh And hopefully with this month of Nisan and this Passover, it will bring in that renewal and we'll be able to feel God's compassion. We'll be able to feel God's blessing and we'll really be able to tap in to the full, full power of the month of Nisan. We'll see you soon. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you'll subscribe to the podcast and you can always go to rabbishlomo.com for more great content and resources and to connect directly with me.